Back to big Lezzers League. Let's go through your Slinger Sunday for round 23. We'll start off with the Eels uh, v. The Dragons. What a game of football. Um, oh, fuck. I mean, way closer than we thought it was going to be as well. 26-20 was the final scoreline. A lot of dramas. I mean, I will admit there were a lot of dramas during this game. A lot of calls, you know, that... Obviously, Coach Ryan Carr wasn't too fond of, particularly in the press conference. There was a uh, quote that he made. I won't. I don't remember the full thing, but he was definitely not happy with one of the calls that was made during the game, and uh, you know, said that it changed the game. There was actually a lot of referee, uh, sorry, coaches in press conferences that were, you know, commenting on calls made during games, and there might be a few fines handed out over the next few days as well because. Um, there was a lot of um, talk about referees making wrong calls during games by a lot of the coaches in the press conferences. I think it's getting pretty bad now where coaches are getting a bit fed up uh, with some of the calls being made. And, you know, rightly so. There are some pretty hectic calls made over the past few weeks that, you know, maybe have subsequently changed games a little bit. I wouldn't say have fully subs- uh, changed games, but, you know, there's been some big calls during games that have swung games uh, different ways, changed momentum. Um, yeah, there's been some big calls over the past few weeks and, and some yeah, a lot of calls this week. I think they broke. Uh, there was a record broken for the most penalties given in a game as well. A big weekend, a big weekend for calls made by referees. But let's go through the game. Let's not talk too down on referees. I think I've done that enough in the previous uh, reviews as well. I think, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sick of talking down referees. Sometimes it's not even their fault. It's just they hear things in their area. They, they get told what to say sometimes. And um, yes, you know, it's very easy to blame the referee, but you've got to think about the bunker. You've got to think about uh, the constant times they go back and look at these things. Um, you know, there's a lot There's a lot to think about. It's not just the fault of the referee. Um, you know, I think people sort of forget that sometimes as well. Uh, and the referees are, you know, subsequently very easy to blame when there's a lot of other factors going into them as well. Uh, there was early drama for the Dragons with forward Francis Molo being sent from the field in the opening minute of the match for a HIA, which subsequently failed, ruling him out of the match. Uh, Eels had the dominant start, obviously. They scored two quick tries, including one from debutant Arthur Millard-Stefan. And I thought he was okay, too. I thought that some of his kick returns were outstanding. Uh, he did a great job, uh, you know, as a guy that plays fullback a lot in reserve grade as well, coming and making his debut. Uh, it was very highly rated as well by some Parramatta fans. Um, you know, and he had a really solid game, Arthur Millard-Stefan, in the 18 jersey. I thought that he was really, really solid. Uh, Michaela Ravalau had a poor start to the match, being dragged into to touch twice uh, and being scored on by, obviously, the rookie, Miller-Stevitt. But didn't he bounce back? And he had four tries in his game, uh, in this game, sorry. And it's his fourth career hat-trick in the, in the first half, obviously, before scoring another one in the second. Uh, he was outstanding. Uh, he became the first Dragon since Brent Morris in two, uh, 2009, round nine, to score four tries in a single game. So big stat there and a long time between drinks as well. Uh, Parramatta swapped wingers with Sean Russell moving uh, to Mark Ravalauer in the second half, obviously, since Ravalauer was just impossible to stop scoring tries left, right and center, or mainly on the on that side. Um, but yeah, look, he was just scoring a number of tries. Michaela Ravalauer, he was pretty freakish, um, you know, going into the game. Uh, Blake Laurie, fuck, he had a big first half. Played the full 40 and ended up 
with 167 metres in this game as well. So uh, really solid performance from Blake Laurie, someone that I actually forgot to put in the team of the week, but he should definitely be there. He was outstanding. Uh, Clint Gutherson had a mixed game, but was involved in an important momentum changer for his team, making a tackle on Jacob Little, who seemed destined to score, forcing the ball from his hands in what was deemed a loose carry, despite Dragons thinking that it was an attempted strip. Um, and you look, it definitely looked like an attempted strip. The commentators were saying so as well. Uh, but it was a big play by Clint Gutherson, a massive play from him. Uh, Amone picked up the dropped ball to score, but the try was disallowed and a big moment in the game as well. And I think that was the one that Ryan Carr was actually talking about during the press conference. Uh, Joey Lustig also produced a momentum changer of his own for the Eels with his pressure on Ben Hunt, who was attempting to make a kick. Obviously, that forced the Dragons to hand the ball over in attacking position for Parramatta. Uh, the play held... Uh, helped set up Paulo's try with a great pass from Ryan Madison. Fuck, that was an awesome moment. And Ryan Madison, that pass nearly didn't come off either. There was uh, nearly an intercept there. Intercept, sorry. Um, and yeah, I mean, Junior Paulo nearly knocked the damn thing on as well. But some big moments, some big momentum changes, obviously, in this game. Uh, I mean, 2020 was the scoreline after that as well with a conversion from Clint Gutherson. Uh, the Eels have now won 11 of their past 14 matches between the two sides. Eels have won seven of their past eight games at Combank Stadium. The Dragons have lost all 10 away games this season uh, and the Eels came into this match in 11th position, moving up to ninth following the win. So, and that just goes to show how close the comp is at the moment and look how close the points are on the ladder. Moving from 11th to ninth, about to get into the top eight as well. Um, yeah, big, big win for the uh, Parramatta Reels and especially uh, when they're looking to make a run into finals. I'm not sure how their draw goes going into finals. I'll have a look at that now, but yeah, big win for them. Massive win for them. Uh, in this game. They verse the Broncos next week, which is going to be very tough. Then the Roosters, very, very tough. Holy shit, their draw is absolutely fucked. Uh, then they go on to verse the Panthers. That doesn't get, couldn't get any worse. Um, and then, obviously, they go into a bye in round 27, a much-needed bye for them as well. Fuck, I don't know if they win all those games. I really don't. I think the Broncos could get the win at home. I mean, they don't, they're not at home, the Eels. Eels are at home against the Roosters. They could definitely win that game. But then to go up against the Panthers at Blue Bet, fuck, that is going to be a tough game. Eels are definitely the bogey side for the Panthers, but Jesus, that is going to be a tough game. A tough game to finish the year for the Eels. Um, but, I mean, it's definitely in the grasp of the Eels, but can they win all those games? I don't know, especially a hungry Penrith side looking to get into, uh, looking to have a really successful finish um, to the back end of the year as well. Probably looking to win all of their next games. I mean, the Panthers draw is mainly uh, then the Titans, which is going to be a flogging and then the Eels. Uh, and then they go on to verse the Cowboys as well. So, I mean, you know, looking at from a Penrith Panthers perspective, they've got a pretty decent draw to finish the year. Um, but yeah, look, I mean, fuck, it's going to be a tough run home for the Eels. It really will. Um, and going into the last game for the round, it was the Raiders v the West Tigers in what was a game that was much closer than we thought it was going to be. Much closer uh, and a really awesome game to watch as well. And particularly the two efforts that the Tigers had to um, actually get the win. And they were so close, so close. Um, that effort from Nofaluma to stay in the field of play and get that flick back in the inside um, to Stafford Toa. very unlucky. Uh, big tackle from Jack White and to tackle him out 
um, as well. But, um, yeah, I mean, fuck, it was an awesome game to watch. Um, Jareem Buller, he's come a long way. I mean, Luke Brooks was outstanding, scoring that try as well, running straight through the middle of the Raiders' defense. It was a big player for the West Tigers. Um, the Raiders completed 13 from 23 sets in the first half at 56%, but still did enough to go on to the break uh, with a four-point lead in the first game back at center since this season. And fuck, he only played 51 minutes in this game. Uh, he ran for 156 meters. He pretty much had a full game start. Uh, he was electric. He was electric. Um uh, Sebastian Chris. He opened the scoring in both halves. Whoever left the field in the 52nd minute with a hamstring injury, super unlucky. But he had a full game of stats. And I'll get the stats up for you now because it's incredible the stats that he had in 51 minutes of football. Uh, Sebastian Chris, two tries in this game as well in that amount of time. It was absolutely sensational. I'm just getting the stats up now. It was 154 meters, which is more than any other player in the back line. So 154 meters, two line breaks, six tackle busts, 22 post contact meters in this game as well. Uh, 10 tackles made, only one miss. A full game worth of stats in 51 minutes. Um, he beat Matt Timiko in meters and he played like 30 minutes less. Um, I mean, that's an insane effort there from Sebastian Chris. Absolutely insane. Um, yeah, and I think Matt, Matt Timiko is outstanding as well. And hasn't he come a long way over the past few weeks as well, Matt Timiko? But fuck, Sebastian Chris, what an effort from him in this game in 52 minutes of football. Uh, Dane Laurie, I thought that he was outstanding and very explosive, very explosive for the West Tigers. Every time he ran the ball, he nearly made a break and he was palming blokes off, stepping left and right. Uh, he was outstanding. Uh, but him and Raiders forward Elliot Whitehead had a, a head clash and obviously both had to leave for a HIA. Um, in the 62nd minute of the game, White had passed, but Laurie failed. Um, so that's going to be pretty hectic going into next week for the West Tigers. I mean, Will Smith can always come back for this side, and he's done a great job before, but Dane Laurie's been outstanding at 5'8 over the past few weeks for the West Tigers. Granted, they haven't won games, but he has been a standout for sure. Um, I thought that Jareem Buller, again, was great. A little bit more quiet than what we've seen in previous weeks, but I thought that he was still outstanding. Uh, Nofaluma, that pass, that 20-meter pass back into Luke Brooks, was insane, absolutely insane. Uh, and he became the first player to score 100 tries for the Joint Venture Club in the 56th minute of the match. Uh, awesome stuff there from David Nofaluma. In the round 23 clash was the first time the West Tigers coach Tim Sheens has coached a match in Canberra since 2012. The Raiders have won the past six games against the West Tigers as well. So um, awesome stuff there for the Raiders. And I mean, fucking a lot of positives to take for the West Tigers as well. They played a really solid game of football and they kept it close. They kept it really close. Uh, it was a really enjoyable game of football and especially with the end uh, where they nearly had they nearly scored to win the game the West Tigers twice I mean absolutely outstanding stuff awesome game of football Luke Brooks I thought was great uh, Dane Laurie in the in the limited minutes that he had on the field as well I thought was outstanding you know there were some really big performances in this game but the Raiders didn't enough they did enough to win um, you know Jack White and some big defensive plays for him particularly at the end tackling out Stafford Toa 
you know, big defensive plays for the Raiders, got them the win. Not the best completion rate you've ever seen in the world, but they got the job done. 22 to 18 was the final scoreline, just holding back the Raiders uh, from getting a win there. And what about Abby Corrissia with his goal kicking? How unexpected was that? Uh, but yes, big win from the Raiders. Tight game, loved it. Is it going to be enough for the Raiders, though, to, you know, maintain their, I guess, label as a top eight team. I don't know. It was definitely a really solid performance with uh, obviously having Rapana at fullback. Uh, we'll have to see how they go over the next few weeks. And uh, we could see Seb Chris missing some games of football. So that could be a big loss uh, for the Raiders going into the next few weeks as well. Um, let's have a look at their draw as well, actually. I'm, I'm quite interested to see the draw that they have. I think I discussed it with Gav uh, on BTFU a few weeks ago. We talked about it pre-recording. But they go up against the Melbourne Storm this week, obviously. Uh, then they go up against uh, the Bulldogs, which should be a win for them. Then they go up against the Broncos, which is going to be a tough game. And then they finish off the year, uh, the regular season, I should say, with the Sharkies, which could go either way for me. So they've got a pretty interesting draw. And I'm keen to see if they can get the job done too against those sides, the Raiders. I think it's definitely in the grasp, but can they be a top eight side? Can they beat top eight sides? The Raiders will have to wait and see. Well,